Two, one, and welcome back to the Educators Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Alex Gutierrez, and I appreciate you uh, clicking on the link today and checking out the show. I uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this, and uh, I got a, a cool guest here today, one of my good friends, um, Luis, and uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself. Go ahead, man. Tell the people who you are. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Luis Gonzalez. I've uh, known Alex for, for quite a long time. We, we shared a lot of experiences. We've done a lot of cool shit together, a lot of cool things together. That's fine. It's all uh, good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's that. Anyways, thanks for listening, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. There we go. So uh, I brought Luis here because, you know, he's a, a college student. You might have heard him on the other episode before with all my friends, uh, some of my friends on my birthday episode, and uh, uh, I'm going to be bringing them in one by one to get some more episodes out and hear their stories. So Luis, kind of tell me, first of all, you know, I know you're from Sacramento, but kind of tell me your experience, uh, you know, your high school experience and where you went and all that. That'd be cool, something short. Yeah, I, I went to Grand High School. Um, it was very interesting. I, I hadn't been in the country for that long uh, when I moved there. I moved here at nine. So I was probably, what, five years in the country when I moved there. It was very interesting. It was a little hostile at that time. Um, it was, people would kind of segregate themselves. Uh, there wasn't a whole, at least for the people that I knew, it wasn't so much an emphasis on, on getting their education. They were just kind of passing the time until we became adults and then we'll get a job and, and kind of move on from there. So you were born in Mexico then? I was, yeah. Okay. So there you go. I, I always like hearing stories from, um, you know, first generation, you know, immigrants who come here and, uh, you know, chase that. So, you know, quote unquote American dream. So right. you came in nine years old. Do you remember? Like. I mean, obviously, you, you, you had to remember, my dad came at nine, so I guess that's, like, yeah. one thing that's, like, very similar. What do you remember about them telling you, hey, we're coming to, Maine, we're coming to the United States? Yeah, um, I, I remember it pretty well. I, I, I'm not sure when they told me, but now thinking back at it, I feel like they told me maybe a month before we did it. <laughs> like, hey, by the way, we're leaving. But it, it was supposed to be a temporary thing. We're only going to move here for about a year, maybe two, and then we're going to go back. But uh, things kind of just went really well for us once we moved here. And then my parents decided, well, we're going to stay here. It just kind of seemed like the, the, the best move at the time. So I remember that. And like the whole time I was thinking, oh, I'm, you know, it's going to be temporary and I'm, I'm coming back. And then finding out like, oh, no, we're staying. That was a little bit more of a shock. But uh, I kind of had adjusted a bit at that time. So I think, you know, when the younger you are, the easier it is to kind of adjust to, to the things that are going on, to the changes around you. Heck, yeah, I was going to say that because I think it makes a big difference when uh, and we talked about other people on this episode, I mean, there's a podcast already, like uh, my friend Devendra, who came also pretty young and I think middle school and came from India and not knowing a, a single word of English. So wow. like kind of tell me that when you came, like, did you know any English at all? I don't know anything at all. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know a single word. And uh, actually my first year, I was at a bilingual program. Okay. So, you know, we, we, I learned maybe a couple of words. I, I think I learned window and I learned the difference between foot and feet. Okay. That's pretty much it. And then from then on, the next year we moved, and uh, for fifth grade I went to an all English school, and there I learned. I learned quick because I had to. Yeah, you just uh, you had to adapt to it. Yeah, there, there wasn't. I think there was another Mexican guy in there, or you know, another person spoke Spanish there, and he was older than me. We didn't have any class together. Everybody in my class is, you know, American. <laughs> all English. So I, that's when I really learned because I had to. I, I find that because like right now that uh, my son is three. 
people ask me or like even be like, hey, when are you going to teach him English? I'm like, he's going to go to school mm-hmm. and he's going right. to learn English. Like uh, He's going to have to, right? Like right now he's in a little preschool, like on Zoom. And like the teacher asked him stuff in English. Like the other day was like, hey, what are you eating, Lucas? And he like, he answered in Spanish, but like he understood what he, and we never speak right. to him in English. So it's like, he picks it up because he watches TV, right? It's like, yeah. right now he's not immersed into it because he's not going to school. But I can see that. Obviously, when you went to school, you're like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to have to adapt and just figure it out. And when you're younger, the the double languages, triple languages, they come to you easier, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you absorb it a lot easier. So that's kind of what happened. I I learned everything with that. Um, And then, obviously, you just said it. You had a friend that wasn't, obviously, Latino. He wasn't white. So you kind of were able to see other things that in Mexico, you obviously, it's not as diverse as it is here, right? So when you came here, you're like, you know, how was that shock of like seeing people that didn't look the same? everybody else and obviously i'm not saying because in mexico everyone looks the same because they don't yeah there's no typical you know mexicano but but it's the same culture in the same language at least Mm -hmm. and so now you go to it you're like okay i know this guy his family's from somewhere else and i know i'm from somewhere else i know that person from somewhere else like how did how did that how did you adapt to that i I don't think that was so much a shock uh because of how you know you you get all the movies so you see you what you we grew up watching all the different movies from from the u.s and you kind of see that in the movie you see that all the different portrayal of, of different cultures um, so you kind of just, you're aware that that's out there. You just don't see it in, in your town or in your city. Uh, and then once I moved and I was able to see that, it wasn't really much of a shock. I think also what helped me was that my first year I was in the bilingual program. So all of my friends there were, were Mexican. They had the same culture. They, they had the same reference yeah. as me. Yeah. But I would see different cultures kind of from afar. Yeah. Um, so I had that adjustment period. And then once I moved and, you know, being the only Mexican kid there essentially, and then seeing all the different things, and it was just curious. I was just curious. I just, I wanted to learn. I wanted to, you know, the first time I played basketball, and I, and I fell in love with it. <laughs> After that, it was all soccer. Like right, that was the right. only sport that ever existed to me. That's crazy. Uh, so it was just kind of that, just uh, exploration and and just understanding through that. I like that. I mean, I didn't have that experience, but you know, I, I always like to see that because my dad <clears throat> tells the story when he was nine, and he came a lot, obviously, a lot before you. Yeah. And it was a lot different. It was way less diverse when he came to where he came. And my mom as well, she came in high school. You could tell that like just by those five, seven years of difference of coming over, like as far as in your lifetime, like when dad came at nine, like he picked up the English really well, like really quick. You know what I mean? And, like it's something that's just like now second nature. Right. But when then you have other people who come later, 17 or 20 or 30, yeah. they might not ever lose. The, they never they might not never learn the language. Right. It's like uh, or, or they do learn it. You know, they have that. Um, Maybe the accent or the fear to like try to learn English, you know what right. I mean? It's like, oh, no, I don't want to sound crazy. I don't want to sound bad. And so, uh, I mean, you benefited from that from coming so young because you're able to just like jump into this culture and just, you know, pick it up. So that was cool. So you went to school there and then you uh, ended up going to Grant High School, right? That's it. Yep. And um, we didn't have a time for that too. But yeah, you went to Grant High School and, you know, I don't know, man. Grant High School to me is like, I have a love for it. I didn't go there. I never went there. Um, but I do remember going back and talking to my dad. When I was like, I think I had just graduated high school. And I told him, if I coach high school one day, I want to coach Grant High School. And my dad was like, what? And I was like, well, because I said, honestly, first of all, number one, like, I, f- I fell in love with the colors. Like the blue and yellow. Like it just, I don't know, it reminded me of Boca. And I was yeah. just like in love with it. Number two, like I had a lot of friends that went there. You know what I mean? A lot of friends that were going to Grant and they were ballers. You know, they were like really good at what they're doing. Right. I could see that there was talent, but I... I also saw that maybe the structure wasn't there, mm-hmm. you know, for it to be, you know, squeeze the best, you know, the most out of them. And so I was like, man, if I do coach, I want to go there, even though, I didn't, you know, it was like something that was like, I don't know, it was just something random. And then it came up, you know, 
I got a fo- uh, phone call from my friend. I was like, you want to coach at Grant? And I was like, I didn't even think of it twice. You know, I went. So kind of tell me, you know, everybody like always like has this bad image and talks so bad about it. Like yeah. you from the inside. Like how was that, man? How was Grant High School? It was a long time was, ago, was, obviously. Was, but... Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was great. Um, you know, even I remember because I have older, older brothers. They were already at Grant before I got there. And I would hear things from them. And, you know, I was a little scared of it because I would hear those things, right? Just like you heard, I would hear that reputation that I had. And there was a little bit of that. But I think it's just like anything else. It's really what you're looking for that you're going to find, okay. right? Because there's a lot of smart people at Grant that they just kind of stuck to, to studying. And, and they were social and they had a bunch of friends. and But they had a very different experience than what I did because I kind of had the mentality where like, oh, this is kind of a, a hostile environment. You know, mm. this is just kind of you hear the stories and then maybe the people that I was around kind of brought that stuff on their cells and right. it, it was just a bunch of different things going on. So I had multiple different experiences there where I had the, the social aspect of it, of, of interacting with all the different cultures and backgrounds. And then I had also the, the hostility of it where it's like, oh, it's, it's just like a gritty tough school and you have to be, you have to be tough as well to get through and uh, so, yeah, it, it, was, it was really interesting. A lot of learning experiences going there. And I feel like <clears throat> right now, to me, it's a hot topic because my son's going to start school pretty soon as far as like, you know, uh, you know, kindergarten and all that in, in a year. And I, I get tired of hearing like we're looking for a good school. You know, right. like to me, it's like it's a big it's almost an insult. And I think it's like it's like fighting words. You know, what I mean, like, oh, we're looking for a good school. And it's like and I think it goes back to like we just saying, like, you know, you you got a high school diploma like everybody else. And so like. When you're at this school and you're in there and you're immersed in it, like you said, if you want to get in fights or you want to do other things, you're going to do them. You right. could do that at any school. Oh, yeah. Now, if you want to like get straight A's, you want to work for that, you want to go to Harvard, you could also do that. And people right. do do that. They, from grad high school, I know many people that go, right? They, they go to be, be big schools. So I, I feel like uh, it's a hot topic to me because now I'm like, okay, do we shop around for these schools? like, Or do we just go to your you know, your neighborhood school? Because like if... If people don't go to the neighborhood school and support it within, it's kind of like a business. If you don't support locally, it's it's not going to thrive. You know what I mean? So I feel like the same thing with schools. Like if you live next to a school, I really feel like you should go to that school. You know what I mean? Because if you are like that student that really wants to, or you're, you're a parent and you want your student to go to this, like, you know, this and that. It's like, well, why not take that energy, that positive, those positive vibes to that school? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that school can thrive. So I don't know. I always like... I was like kind of talking about it because people always like, oh yeah, I went to a ghetto school, and I'm like, why do you say ghetto? Like, why do you let people talk? Like, I mean, what is, what does that word mean to you? At least like yeah. ghetto. Like, if you think about it, that's something that they use. Obviously, it's Italian word, right? So like yeah. ghetto, right? And it was like for a certain amount, only people could live there, right? Um, like, what do you say when when you tell people where you're from? So like, how do you feel when someone says like, oh, you live there? Or like, do you ever take like offense to that, or you kind of just no because do you I- defend it. Yeah, I guess I kind of defend it. Um, it just depends on, on, on people's uh, pre-assumed, you know, notions of different things, right? So for me, ghetto means a lot of different things. It means, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a, maybe a tough environment or a little tougher, but it also means there's culture. It's it's a vibrant mm. culture that, that you can learn a lot from. And <laughs> yeah. it'll it'll toughen you up a little bit. You know, you, you're more aware of your surroundings than right. you will be somewhere else. Right. So... It's uh, you can get the education in the classroom, and then you're gonna get a ton of education outside of the classroom because right. you learn how to interact with different people right. from different backgrounds. Right. Where in other areas you don't really get that because everything is kind of contrived to make it a certain yeah. way. Right. Everything is kind of artificial in that way. Right. Where in this, you know, area where you would consider the ghetto, it's yeah, there's a sense of danger to it, 
But I think that's kind of a good thing because it, it may make you a little uncomfortable, right. but you learn from that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I'm not from any of those like, neighborhoods, but I do. I feel like <clears throat> I said in a, in a previous episode, but like growing up, I go to the Robinson Center a lot right. as a kid, a lot. Like it was nothing. We play soccer there. You play football yeah. there. You don't even think of it. Right. And then you get older. You're like, oh, you play over there. Like, and people start making you think a certain way about a place, even yeah. though when you were a kid, it was it was normal. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we grew up going to shops on Northgate. That was like, there was nowhere else to go to shops, right. you know, Kmart and like other things were on Northgate, right? Like you get your groceries, you get your food, you get your everything. And like, I think people find a way to put other people down. So it's like, oh no, you go over there, you go over there. And it's like, I don't know, man, it, people do it to themselves though, right? They live there too and they might talk bad about it, but you know, I'm kind of glad that you, you, you're, you know, proud to be where you're from and it's like, who cares, man? It's like, you're going to make what it is, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like people are just you know breaking into your home every day and doing crazy things like that that's not how it works you know what i mean like everybody respects other people and like you said i think i think you said the word culture you know like when people think of east la or whatever right or they think of la i only think of like positive things i know people might think like oh there's like this this and that is dangerous i think of like food on the street people are selling food i think of like shops i think of like people actually doing things and helping each other out people selling clothing lines whatever like to me i just have a different image of like these inner cities, you know what I mean? Well, there's a lot of self-expression in this area, right. where in other areas, you, you don't get that, right? Because everything has to be one way or another, right? You got the, the a- HOA or whatever. Yeah, the HOA, called, yeah. Where they, they don't let you kind of get away from this pre-described things, right? You have to kind of follow the rules. Where in this neighborhoods, you got a lot of self-expression. <laughs> yeah. And, and part of it is, is you're trying to sell something, right? You're trying to survive. You're trying to have multiple different hustles going right. on. Right. But you also got to express yourself through them. Right. And like you said, you have all these clothing stores. <laughs> you have all these little little shops. Shops. Yeah, uh, people, selling shop. people selling shoes. Yeah. Yeah. They sell shoes on his house right there. Yeah. Off of, um, <laughs> yeah. You know the street. Yeah, he sells shoes. He's been selling shoes forever. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Nice it's like, and, and you don't get that anywhere. I mean, yeah, it's like... And people, I think, avoid that. And when people buy a, a house in the neighborhood or, or run away from it, like you said, they're just trying to live in a certain kind of environment. They don't want that. And I think it's the same thing with the school. Like, So if you're like, oh, Grant's ghetto. And it's like, you know, and I faced that when I coached there. And I'm not going to put anybody on blast or anything like that. But when I coached there, other coaches would make comments to me mm-hmm. as if I was cheating. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, so Grant High School can't be in first place. Like, there's no reason why they can't be in first place. I was like, wait a minute. This is a soccer competition, right? So my soccer players are better than yours. All right. My soccer players are better trained than yours. What you want is to make it even, you saying that the GPA has to be a certain, like, oh, are you are you guys faking the test scores? Or are you guys faking the grades, right? And it's like, but wait a minute. This is a soccer competition. So, like, don't you want to play the best soccer players from this school? Now, yes, there's rules to, be, to have grades, right? We know that. Yeah. But, you know... It's a different thing, though. So, like, you can't compare. It was like I was telling uh, my wife. We were talking about this just yesterday. When when people want to make, you know, standards or test scores or whatever they want to do. Like, you can't compare one child to another. Period. Like, and, and the reason I'm telling you is because we're talking about Grand High School. But if we get a student from Grand High School, most likely English is their second language. Especially, I'm talking about the, gen- the demographic that played soccer. Right? Whether that's a Hmong student or a, or a Mexican or a Salvadorian Guatemalan student. Right? Right. They're... Second language probably is English, number one. Number two, at home, they probably get support in their in Spanish or another language, Hmong, whatever it may be. So all of a sudden, now you can't compare that student to another school. Because like, another school probably has two parents, probably has two parents that have college educations, right? right that have a different expectation. So, so we're playing soccer here. You know what I mean? Like We're just trying to play a soccer game. And like you, what you're trying to say is 
that your kids want to play against players like them, but that's not the school. You know, that's why, that's why the cool thing with the schools play schools, you kind of historically see, like, the differences, you know what I mean? Like, the demographics. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if you know, remember the 90s, but in the 90s, I heard that, like, yeah, Grand High School, football had to play on Saturdays because the other schools didn't want to come play Friday nights. Oh, wow. And that's yeah. a real thing, like, when they were balling, balling, like, yeah, yeah. you know, Dante Stallworth in the 90s, early 90s, like, they, it's on YouTube and everything, they had to come play on Saturday mornings. Right. Be- and you're telling me that's not, like, the most, like, come on, man, those are fighting words, like, oh, no, we're not going to play you on Friday <laughs> night in your neighborhood, like, I thought we were playing football, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, they were just playing sports. Yeah, you know, and, and you ask, like, what's it like going to, to the school and stuff like that, and it's, it's pretty much like anywhere else. It's just the hardest thing to get away from is the expectations that others, that other people have on you. The low expectations because they set the bar. You know, they they leave the bar so low. Yeah. Because they just assume you. Oh, you come from this area. This is how hard you. You know, this is how high you can climb. Right. And then if you get above that, they get suspicious. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Why? Why are you guys up there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you. For, you know, like yeah. Like they set the expectation. Like, okay, well, well, grand so- high school soccer has always been right here, or whatever. All of a sudden, they're up here, and it's like, okay, are you guys checking the grades? It's like, yeah. wait a minute, dude, they're all 15, 16-year-old boys. Like, do you want to play soccer or not? You know what I mean? And they would tell me, like, they would tell me underlying stuff, like, hey, man, so Alex, like, I mean, they're saying that you guys don't check grades. I mean, that's not true, right? And they would try to make it seem like it was like, hey, I'm not saying this, someone else is. Like, bro, you're saying it. Like, you telling me, it's right. like when they say, like, hey, with all due respect, bro, you know what I mean? Or like, I'm not trying to clown on you, but, you know, and so it's like, I took that to offense. I'm like, all right, bro, like, if we were going to beat this team today, we're going to now kick their butt. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to just beat them. Yeah. And, you know, I, I told the kids, like, let's, you know, let's um, let's take it to another level. Like, let's give them that expectation they want where they think, okay, we're going to go to this school that's going to whatever. It's like, okay, then we need to play a certain way where they're never going to forget coming here because they don't want to be here. Yeah. Like, the second they roll up here, they have all these ideas of what Grand High School is, right? Except when they get to our stadium, it's one of the best stadiums in Sacramento, right? With turf. Yeah. Right? With the yeah. facilities, locker room. And they're like, okay, you know what I mean? So, like, you can talk all this mess, but some schools don't even have stadiums to, to this day. Some of the older schools that you talk about don't even have stadiums. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like you said, the outsiders, man. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. I felt like when I, wear, when I wear a Grant t-shirt, people always bring it up in the community. Like, hey, man, when are they playing next? Or, like, whatever. I'm a pacer. And there's always pacers from, like, the 70s, yeah. 80s. And you're like, yeah. wow. You know what I mean? Like, this is, like, a real community thing, man. Oh, yeah. And... and- Grant is the hub of the El Paso Heights, you yes. know, because everybody went to Grant. Everybody's mm-hmm. kind of the same area, and they remember when they were there and, and the people they played with and who made it, who did it. Yes. And, you know, Al Virginia, he's, he's just... Still there. Yeah, and, and he's huge. <laughs> everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. Yes. He has so, a street named after him. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's definitely the heart of the community. And and I, I think I, like, I don't know, I bought into it, and then the first time I kind of realized what it was was one time we were waiting for a, a ride. We were waiting for the bus to pick us up, and it was pretty late, and then... No, it was like, yeah, it was like pretty late. And they were trying to pick us up. It was after school. And this guy rides off on his bike. He, he rides off, no shirt on. You know what right. I mean? This guy had like rides through the, through the parking lot. And, he, and he's just like, hey, guys. You know what I mean? And we're like looking over. And he's like, uh, y'all better win today. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. this guy is probably tw- maybe 30 years older than the players. And he's like telling them like, hey, you know, you put the Grant jersey on. Like, you're representing me, yeah, man. From, and he was like, I, would, I used to go here, class 84, 83. And I was just like, I told the boys, like, there you go, man. Like, other schools don't have that kind of thing. You know, that little kind of pressure, like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I remember people, uh, one of the coaches there used to tell me the greatest thing about being a Pacer is winning. And, like, and that's all it is. Like, y- you have to win. You know what I mean? Like, it's like Pacers have to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, like, whatever. So, 
don't know. It's cool that we're talking about that. It just came out of nowhere, but well, I, I think you know, it, it kind of, kind of like maybe like a last point on this. That's cool. That's, that's one of the things that you get coming from a, a community that maybe is a little bit oppressed or or really oppressed, depending on how you look at it. Forgotten, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's uh, you once you become one of us, it's us against everybody else, right? Us against the world type mm-hmm. of thing. So you start coaching Grant, you put on that Grant uniform, you're one of us now. Yeah. And that's we're, why I we're feel gonna like. have your back, you know. Yeah, and, I, and that's what I felt like. Like I was probably the only one there that was involved with the whole program. Even the people that work there went there. Yeah. People that teach there, people that are admin do that. Like the security, all everyone that was there went there, you know, or or had ties to there. And I, I wasn't. And like it was kind of cool just being like immersed into it. And people were just like, okay, he's one of us. And he was even more special when I played against my old school, you oh. know. And they were like, no, like, hey, bro, like we're gonna play this school. And I'm like, you guys aren't gonna question my my. You know, my purpose here, I, I want to win. You know, I don't right, care right. what school it was that I went to. Like, that's, that's a different story. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. to this day, I, I still I still go with that, you know. So, I don't know. It's cool, man. I, it was a good time. It was a good It was a good uh, period of my life, seven years, that went by too fast. And uh, I built, like, lots of friendships um, just based off that. And, and, you know, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll be over there again. I don't know. We'll see. But... Anyway, so after Grant, you know, what'd you do, man? You ended up finishing high school, and then, you know, this is, what, 2007? So what'd you 2007, do? 2007, yeah, 2007, I finished high school. Um, I took a year off. I never really considered college as an opportunity. Okay. Um, so I just kind of just worked and, and had some fun. Eventually, I decided to go back. I went to community college. Uh, you know, did that for a little while, kind of figure out. I took different classes, see, see which route I wanted to go, see if something really interests me. I found the things that I liked. I traveled a bit. Uh, I traveled a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, you went to Europe, you were <laughs> yeah. backpacking. I mean, yeah. since I've met you, you've always done things, you know what I mean? This is before, like, people were just on, you know, on, on social media just posting where they went, but you were always places. So, like, kind of tell me, man, like, you're telling me that high school, uh, college wasn't in your, you know, in your, like, vision, but why was traveling in your vision? Like, where'd you get that, like, vision? Like, I'm going to go to places. I'm not sure when that happened, but I think uh, maybe the first, you know, when I first moved here, I think that's kind of when it clicked, when it was like, oh, like, you, you can just move and, and you can experience you different cultures and meet different people, and I, I really liked that. That made me really curious. Like, say, when I moved schools, when I started the bilingual program, and then I, I moved neighborhoods, and I moved schools, and it was like, a, it was a very different culture than I got to observe and I got to participate in them, and that just kind of made me want to experience more. So ever since then, I started thinking, like, I, I just want to travel. I, I want to get to know different people from right. different backgrounds. And they just kind of absorb all of that. I, I was just really curious. So once I had the opportunity to do it, I, I, I just jumped on it. Doesn't the world, like, seem smaller to you now? Like, once you travel, like, oh, yeah. you know, like, Europe, see, obviously you went from Mexico to USA. But everyone, everyone in Mexico talks about USA. Everyone knows where it's at, right? Yeah. But, but when you say, like, okay, I'm going to go to, like, Belgium or I'm going to go to France, whatever it may be. Like, it becomes a lot smaller once you get there. You're like, wait a minute, it's not that yeah. far. Like, I can get on a plane and be there nine hours. Like, oh, yeah. within the day, I'll be there. You know what I mean? Like, today, I could be there. Yeah, and, and it sounds really cliche, right? But we're all pretty similar. We're just people. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of, like, similar interests. I mean, obviously, right. sports is a huge one. You know, sports go around the world. Food, and yeah. Yeah, you can, you know, especially if you like soccer, you can almost have a conversation with anybody in the world. In the world. More than here, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Especially <laughs> Europe and, and places like that. So... Yeah, it just it, I was just curious about different cultures, and then I finding out that there's a lot of similarities. There's differences. There's definitely right. differences, right. but there's a lot of similarities, and uh, you can use the similarities as a jumping off point to find out and, and experience the differences and kind of learn more about it. And I feel like when uh, you just said we're all people, 
And that's like, I mean, that's like you said, it sounds cliche, like, oh, it's only one race, right? Well, it, it really is, right? It's a human race. And, and I think the problem is you start getting conflict when you start talking about other things. Like mm-hmm. if you start bringing in some personal beliefs or whatever it may be or experiences that people had and then everything starts changing. That's where conflict be, you know, begins, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. But if we just have two people from like France or a, or a guy from Brazil, like, you know what I mean? Like, and we talk about soccer, like they will get along, you know, yeah. but the second you might want to start bringing up other things, you know, the economy or whatever it may be, yeah. you might have some, you know, some clashes. And I think that's what kind of divided us over here for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and for the most part, people are really helpful. Like, you know, I, I've been lost in multiple different countries and there's always been somebody willing to kind oh, of nice. put me in the right direction, point it right. out the map. Well, they're so used to tourists, right? Well, well, in some places, yeah, but right. I can throw the places where they're not as used to not tourists, used to you know, okay. like uh, Guatemala and, right. and, and, you know, certain parts of Mexico and things like that. And uh, pe- somebody's always kind of generous enough to be like, okay, you're, this is where you are. Take this the bus. Go yeah. To. yeah. And kind of give you like a little advice like, hey, you know, maybe you're in a rough neighborhood. Maybe, maybe you're in a, in a nice area. You Watch your bag. Yeah. They always yeah. Watch your wallet. That, yeah. Yeah. They always they have that, that extra bit of advice yeah. to gauge through the day. That little insider, yeah. We don't, we, I don't know. We're, we're in Sacramento, so we don't, we're not used to people coming in here to visit us. Right. But if we lived like in New York City, we would obviously be used to someone asking us for directions or mm. in LA or whatever. Right. But, but since we're here, we're not used to seeing anyone like ask us, hey, where do you get here? You're like, what? Like, you know, it's kind of weird when someone asks you. Because yeah. some people do something like, how do you get here? I'm like, you don't know. Like, you just go, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not yeah. that big. But I, I like that you said people are really helpful. When I went to Europe and I saw like, I think I went to six different countries, you know, people were just like, they were able to like tell you where to go, but then I also how how did you feel about this? Because I feel some people have a negative attitude, and I've heard people do this, and they're like, "I'm not going there anymore because no one spoke English there." And it's like, yeah. okay, time out, right? Like, and I think obviously you and I are probably on the same page because you know we come from a bilingual home where it's like people speak other languages, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and so if we go to their home country, we we can't make them speak English so that we can get around. Like, it's not their fault. Yeah, and I think I. The first time I couldn't get around anywhere was like, and I know people are going to say it's like it wasn't hard, but France was kind of hard and so was uh, Switch, uh, where'd I go? Yeah, Switzerland, right? right? So Switzerland and France for me were kind of tough and it was just like, you know, because obviously in England it was cheating, right? I knew English and if yeah. I went to Spain, it was easy. You know, I went to uh, Italy and I got by with my Spanish and they understood me, right. you know, and I, I mostly understood them. Portugal, I mean, but you go to like... I went to France. It was the first time I was somewhere where I was like, okay, dude, I can't read any of this. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea. And I know, you know, most of the things are like kind of touristically friendly, especially like in yeah. Paris and these big cities. But you're like, wow. You know what I mean? So when did you ever get that where you went somewhere and you're like, okay, this is going to be tough to get around? Uh, well, I had a similar experience in France, but I, I was yeah, in, a small, in, in a very small town in the south of France. And uh, I actually got lost a couple times. I didn't speak any French. Uh, nobody there spoke any English or Spanish. But but everybody was up. I I missed my train. Or okay. I missed my bus, so I had to I had to catch a train, and I I don't know how I communicated with the person on the train. I was trying to explain to her that I needed to get to Spain. I I wanted to run with the bulls. It was like the last day. Right, Pamplona, right? Yeah, yeah, I had to get to Pamplona that night, and uh, somehow she helped me out. She I remember she was telling me like to stop, and then she started clicking the computer. Five minutes later, yeah, she figured. You're talking it out about the one me. at the little booth, right, where you get the yeah. tickets? Yeah, because I. In Paris, I mean, it's Paris, which has, you know, some more influence in English, but we were trying to get somewhere, and the guy was like, he just understood what I was asking. Uh-huh. I know, but he had no, he knew, he knew no licks. He was just like, yeah. Yeah, you know, right. typing it. So, I mean, at least you got help, you know, but I've had people that I know that travel places, like, I don't want to go there because they don't speak English, and it's like, yeah. but that's the whole point of traveling, though. It's like to yeah. to learn a new culture real quick and, like, you know, experience how they're living, 
you you know, there's very a lot of similarities. Like people yeah. are always, it's commerce. People are buying stuff, selling stuff. People are selling food. You know, music, right? It's all the same. We can't do that much different than other countries. You know, it's 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 all culture, yeah. man. Well, I think people don't like being uncomfortable. Right. Um. Well, I I embrace that. I, I love being <laughs> because that's when you're gonna experience something, yeah. right? If you're always in your comfort zone, right, it's gonna be boring. You're not gonna do much. You're gonna it's gonna be the same routine over and over. And that's kind of the biggest thing I wanted to avoid. So for me, I embrace being uncomfortable. Because that's that's where you get the stories, right? You're like, man, the time that I got lost over I got here, lost over there, yeah. And, you know, I, I thought I was going to have to sleep on the street, but somebody helped me, and, and I ended right. up making it home, or right. like, things like that. Those That's where the stories are. Right. And no, you, that's a, th- you said we're creating memories, man. Like, yeah, yeah. those are the stories, are because you get lost, or you have a story to tell. Like, I know when we went to, uh, went to Paris, and, you know, you're thinking, Paris, ooh la la, you know, yeah. you know we're going to be, like, you know, you know, eating a, a baguette, you know, in front of the Eiffel Tower, but... And, uh, you know, my wife, she she booked this place. You know, we booked it online. And we get there, and it was like a horror story, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you're like, wait a minute. It was Air- I think it wasn't Airbnb. I think it was Hotels.com. But we get there, and I'm like, okay. Like, this is not going to be cool, right? Like, there was a one bathroom for the whole place. It was like this little room. It was so hot. And there was like no, like, uh, blinds. It was like this big blanket covering the window. But it was like on the street level. So it was really loud. It's Paris, man. You know what I mean? Like, people mm-hmm. were always up. There's no sleeping. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, man, we, we were like, what are we doing? You know, and like just to save a couple dollars, it wasn't a good idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was so, but hey, we have a story to tell, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, it builds character, right? <laughs> it builds character. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I think we started learning as you travel, you start making mistakes, and the next time you go, you're like, okay, I can't do this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I got to be smarter about that one. Yeah, once you have the experience, you build on it, right? Yeah. And now you know, and now you can give advice to other people. I also think that we're so quick to make something about ourselves, like, oh, that person was rude to me. But we don't think, oh, this person lives in Paris. I'm the tenth person to ask him for directions. Yeah, he's and tired because, of it. Yeah, like he just wants, he just wants to get to work. Yeah, and you know he just kind of dealing with it every day. I mean, I, I had experiences like that, like in, in cities where people just fly in, they trash the place because they're there to party. They go all crazy and wild, and then the people that live there are left to clean it up. And, and they then hate, the next, so they the hate next, tourists. Yeah. yeah, the next batch of tourists comes in, and they're like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to talk to you guys I because I know what you're here for. Right. Anyways, so let's continue on. Um, so then you, so when you were, uh, traveling and stuff like that, right. And you came back and then you decided you moved, right. Didn't you go to Arizona? Yeah. It, it was really interesting because when I came back, I, I lost my job cause I've been gone for so long. Um, and then this new job, I had this opportunity. I had been working there for maybe a month when they say, Hey, we need somebody in Arizona, somebody to just kind of, you know, you just, just keep doing this, uh, with very little, very little help, really. Very little, just kind of go out and figure it out. And uh, I, I love the idea. So I, I have never been to Arizona at that point. I went a couple of times and then I just decided, yeah, like I, I want to move. I always wanted to move. I always wanted to move around. So uh, once I had the chance, it was kind of a no-brainer. Even though it was it was a little, not thinking about it, it was a little sketchy, right? Because there was no direction. Right. But um, I mean, I, but you don't regret that, right? I mean, you came back and now you're like, I live somewhere else. I kind of saw what it was. and. Yeah. I know you talked about in the other episode before that, you know, it was kind of awkward meeting people. Like you're, you have no connection to them and it's like, hi, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I know one thing, though. You just said earlier that you could find common ground was with soccer, right? So I think oh, you yeah. met you met some of your friends playing soccer, right? Is that how you did yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, now I have really close friends down there and I, I met them. You know, I just showed up at the park with the soccer ball and they had just finished playing. And, and uh, they just say, hey, come back next week. And, and, you know, I had a beer with them. And then from there, I started playing soccer and we became really close and... You know, now, now, yeah, we, we share a lot of experience. Now, you know, I consider them really close friends. And 
that'll happen because first of all, because I moved there, I, I took the chance, and then, uh, and, yeah. and you know because we had that commonality in soccer. And and uh, when you came back, I mean, do you have a like, do you want to go back again, or do you want to go somewhere else, or you think you're cool with SAC now, or what do you think? Well, How long do you want to be here for, man? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I love it here, but I always kind of wanted to move around. Uh, I just consider myself, you know, I just want to be a transient person. I want to experience different things. But I know that by doing that, you kind of miss a, a lot of other things. Family, so yeah. I actually had the opportunity when I was in Arizona to move somewhere else. Um, and I almost took it, but I decided to come back first for family reasons. And second, because I really felt like I needed to finish college. Like I always kind of saw myself completing it. But I never had a plan as to how I was going to do it. And uh, just kind of felt that Sacramento was the place to do it. And, and Sacramento was changing a lot. It was going through a, a lot of things going on here. And it was growing and developing. It was really exciting. So I decided to come back um, for all those reasons. Yeah, man. And for now, I don't know. I, I really like it. But um, we'll see. I'm, I'm kind of getting to a different stage in life now, right, where I have to kind of make decisions that, that will affect the rest of my life. And um, as much as I want to move and, and I want to continue exploring, I feel like maybe now I need to kind of settle down. <laughs> but it's cool. I mean, you did it in your 20s. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Like, I think a lot of us don't make it out of our 20s. Like, I, th- I think a lot of people make a lot of mistakes or do some things in their 20s that dictate a lot, like, the rest right. of their life. So, like, you know, you got out of your 20s. You got your traveling. I mean, so, you know, 30s is the new 20s, man. You got time to, like, yeah. you know I mean? You got time to, like... Uh, I don't know. You said set some roots down. You know what I mean? You could maybe I don't know, buy some real estate or whatever it may be to kind of like, like you said, cement yourself here a little bit longer. But traveling is going to be there. You know, because people make that excuse yeah. like, oh, I don't want to do this because uh, I want to travel. It's like, are you really going to travel every day? Like you could do that with anything. Like you could have a, a business. You could have a family. You could have a bunch of kids. You could still travel. Like, right. yeah, it might be different. You know, when people say, like, oh, I just want to keep traveling. It's like, yeah, well, you only go. I see your Instagram, man. You only go. You're only going once a, right. once a month or once a year. So I don't think that's a big difference. But so. You came back to school now, man, right? Sac State? So, yep, Sac State. And you're at, uh, I know you're studying psychology, right? Psychology. So, first of all, you know, why that? Why, why did you go into that major? What made you choose that? I've always been interested in people and uh, different, especially behavior. Um, I always kind of felt that are I was... Ana- are you analyzing me right now? Well, I, I, I'm playing that. <laughs> Is there you analyzing me before? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I always, always kind of found myself doing that, like uh, analyzing behavior and, and trying to understand it and just being really curious about why why we behave in certain ways and why we do the things that we do. Um, and so I felt psychology gave me the best opportunity to understand that and, and to really explore that. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's the main reason why. And, I mean, so then obviously you like reading, right? Obviously, because oh, there's got to be a lot of reading for that, right? So. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard that a lot of people say that psychology like to understand people. And I think, like, I mean, there's a lot of classes that we should, yeah, but psychology is a big one. I only took, like, one, I think it's only required one for undergrad, I think, psychology. Yeah. And I don't remember anything of it, but, you know, I think as since I work with students and, and I'm a teacher, um, you start learning, like, vocab, different little terms, and you start, like, trying to, like, you know, adapt to everybody's personality and, and definitely try to get them to, you know, I don't know, uh, squeeze the best out of them, like, you know, the most, you know, get the most out of their the potential that they have. And I think that all comes back to psychology, right, how people act. And yeah. it's a big thing, right, relationships, friendships. I mean, we're seeing that, you know, Right now, how this country is being all divided and stuff, like you start seeing how people are thinking, what yeah. what makes them think a certain way, you know what I mean? And like, I'm into like brand making, I'm into like uh, digital marketing and all that right now. And so like, I always like, you start looking at like companies and how smart they are, like, oh my God, it's all psychology, man. Yeah. It's like, how do they get you to go purchase that? Like, we want your $5, man. We want your $10. And like, yeah. 
it's it's interesting it's like it never ends right psychology can go so many ways man oh it's a very wide field and uh yeah like you said there, there's all types of, of things that fall under psychology even marketing marketing is psychology yeah, yeah. so yeah it's it's a wide-ranging field and it's a relatively new science right astronomy has been forever right. mathematics has been forever but people yeah yeah like everything you know medicine i mean although it's always growing and it's always changing Psychology has only been around for about ninety years or so. Oh, really? And then, yeah, okay. and, and then really the the back, you know, when it started, it was very different to what it's now. Yeah, it changes and it keeps yeah. going. It keeps moving. Right. You keep finding new little like branches that can branch off and what things. Exactly. Yeah. And now with social media, I think we're starting. We're kind of forced to understand our own psychology even more. Right. And so yeah, it's just a really exciting field to be in. It's something that that we have to address, whether we know it or not. In our daily lives and in our daily behavior, so I think this is one of the things that the more you understand, the more you know, uh, the more aware you are, and, and you can change your own behavior uh, based on the knowledge. And like, so where do you want to go with that? I mean, what's your next step? Do you think you have a plan with that, or is it just something to, you know, as your major? What do you think? What are you thinking of doing that? Uh, I have a pretty, a pretty clear plan. Um, I want to be a counselor. That's kind of my, my that's my goal. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I identify that goal. Even before I kind of realized that psychology was a way to get there, it just it was really beneficial that they were kind of married, so that was perfect. But yeah, my, my goal is to become a counselor. Uh, I like to work at a, at a high school, like Grand High School. Uh, I would love to go back there, or even like a juvenile hall, uh, a detention center, something like that. So yeah, my, that's. So I mean, and that's two, and that and that whole thing right there. That's two different ones, right? Like, so a school counselor, you know, you're obviously like they have they wear so many hats, and that's I think that's the problem with like the. The whole, our whole like society right now, probably the entire world, I'm pretty sure the whole world deals with this, but like the amount of money that we don't give to counselors, mm-hmm. you know, to get more counselors, you know what I mean? But, you know, there's this whole campaign, like more counselors, less cops, right? And it, it, it does tie down to that because like if we have more people helping these students with their emotional um, distress or whatever is bothering them, then maybe some of the situations later on, they, they won't go through them. You know what I mean? They're not going to be uh, maybe affecting other people in a certain way or bullying or, or being bullied, whatever it may be. Right. You know, and I think, like, if you're saying high school counselor, I just know because my dad was a high school counselor for 15 years, and you wear so many hats. Like, yeah, you're helping them with the requirements for, for high school, for college and high school. You're trying to find them a career. And then on top of that, you're trying to help them with their boyfriend who just drunk, just dumped them or their girlfriend right. just left them. And, like, I don't think that's fair either. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's too much, you know, like, for a counselor to have to deal with at a high school. Yeah. And we're seeing it right now, like, with this distance learning, students are, they're struggling. You know, they're struggling to be away from other students. People are in general, obviously, but students as well, right. and they're away from each other, and so they're like they're missing that social that social thing, you know, and that social like because I feel like just like you build, you know, your physical fitness, you also build social skills daily as you go on, you get older, you know what I mean? And I feel like these yeah, kids, like so if they're not if they're not communicating or dealing with a, an, a, anything, like it's sometimes they might be in the room all day because of distance learning, we don't know. Yeah. Like I feel for them, man. It's like, man, what if at home where there are. Like they need that support and they're not getting it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, how, you know, hats off to you that you want to be a counselor. And then if you go to juvenile hall, I mean, how would that be, right? Because that one's gonna be more of what, like? It's more intense. It's, it's a little more intense. I mean, they have. They have I don't want to use the re- word rehab, but more like of a, I don't know, redirection kind of thing, right? Trying to get them to. I think redirection is, is the, the perfect word for it. Okay. Yeah, it's it's uh, just kind of set them, you know, or reset them on, on the on the path where there was be successful at where where they're kind of won't be going down that route right yeah um so it, it's a little more intense because you're dealing with kids that they're have maybe 
more trauma or, or more things going on where they already made some choices that they perhaps shouldn't have. Well, obviously, they, you know, they have because they're, they'll be there. So it just kind of that. Like, some things are minor, you know what I mean? Like, you know, this is a whole other topic, but some things are so minor, but it's going to affect the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? Like something so minor that it's like, come on, man. You know, like. Well, that's the thing, right? That's, that's the time where you want to get it. Yeah. Because think about back when you were a teenager. Just all the changes that were going, in, that were going on and, and you didn't understand and you were reacting to things without even knowing what was right. happening. Right. And, it's, you know, you got the teenage angst. That's like a big thing. So you can make decisions that you're unaware of and they, they will have a, an impact on the rest of your life. Right. And once you kind of go down that path, it's really difficult to get out of it. Um, you know, I, I have a few minor experiences with that. But... Um, <laughs> So yeah, you know, and that's kind of can't what it, yeah you can't confirm it you know you can't deny it you know right. not right now. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like if you say that, I look back at like some dumb things that I've done, mm-hmm. and it's like, bro, that could have went the wrong way, really, right. really bad. And so like, I feel like if you don't have that voice in your head, for maybe a, you know parents or somebody in your life, and you know, a lot of people don't have parents like that, right? So if you don't have that voice in your head, like or that conscious, like okay, don't do that, you know what I mean, or right. stay away from that. That could lead down a really bad path, you know what I mean? And I know you have friends, and I have friends that exactly. they, they didn't make it out of that, but they didn't make it out of their teens right. for a decision they made that, like, I'm you know, obviously they can't regret it no more. It's too late. They're, they're not alive anymore, mm-hmm. or they're just there's no there's no way to go back. You know, like there's a whatever it may be. It could be something just you know, it's, it's something you're like, come on, man, really? Like, is it that serious? But they yeah. need someone to talk to, and I think, like you said, psychology is changing as we go through day by day. And now we have new terms for things, right? We're starting to like identify different like traits of people. Like, hey, this is this and this is this. And I think it all goes back to like trying to support people, you know? Like, hey, you know, like you need to talk to somebody, you know, I got your back. You know what I mean? So please don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do. And, and like you said earlier, you know, you, there's a skills that you build, right? Understanding is a skill. Communication is a skill. Yeah. All the things are skills that, that we don't really get thought when we're growing up. Because we have, we have the authority figures being our parents and, and being our teachers. And then we have our peers. But there's really, that's a big gap, and there's really nobody in between that. You might have a soccer coach or, or a sports coach or maybe, you know, an uncle or aunt or an adult that you can reach out for advice. But typically, most of us growing up didn't have that. So it's a big gap in the middle, and if you have somebody that you can kind of, that you have a trust with that you can kind of go and communicate and things like that, maybe they could steer you in a direction that could be beneficial further on. Yeah. No, that's big, man. So, I mean, that'd be cool. I mean, that's going to be, what, two, three years down the road? So you yeah. finish up? Yeah, for about three years. Well, that's good. I mean, at least you have, you know, you're older now, so you don't have to like, you know what I mean? Like we talked about that before that like now you can kind of like, all right, I'm gonna make this decision. This is what I want to do now. And like, I think when you're 18, 19 is like to ask students to make a decision the oh, rest yeah. of their life. Just like we said, to make decisions that are dumb. Well, you're also telling them to like, hey, make a decision. This is your career for the rest of your life. You know, can you do this now though? Like you're 17 and a half. Can you tell us what's, what you want to study? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what if I don't want to do that? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. What if that's not like your why? You know, because I think people like go towards certain careers to make money. Mm-hmm. And that right there is going to make you not want to do it anymore. You will quit that because like, let's say like, okay, I want to be a lawyer because you see on TV lawyers have like a bunch of money. It's like, that's not the truth, man. Like yeah. there's a lot of lawyers that don't have a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of lawyers that don't, they're not corporate lawyers or they don't, they don't defend people like that. They might do it to help people that are in need. So they're not rich, you know? So yeah. that's people that want to do it, you know? And I, or same thing with doctors. Like I want to do medical so like. But do you really, or you want to do that because that's like the one, one of the three things that people tell you to do, right? Like yeah. doctor, lawyer, or I don't even know the third one anymore. Oh, but. Yeah. And, and think about like, <laughs> you know, 99.9% of the time, on, on whatever you want to succeed at, you're going to have to work really hard to get there. 
So if you choose a career that, that you don't like, right. but you're doing it because you think you're going to make a lot of money, and then you have to you know, work really hard to do it, you have to put in the extra shifts at the right. office and all of that, and you hate every second of it, you may have a bunch of money in the bank, right. but you're going to be miserable because you just hate what you're doing. Exactly. No, and I'm... I'm a firm believer now in that why, man. You got to do it because you can't chase the money. You know what I mean? Because it's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not how, it's not, it's not how it works. You know what I mean? But as a teenager, that's 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 what you chase. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're wired that though. Like you, you tell you, oh, you got to do this so you can make a lot of money. It's like, but that's not. What if you don't want to do that? Like, what if I don't want to be an accountant, man? What if I don't like doing numbers like that all day? Well, and and that's kind of you know to start off, kind of take it back to the beginning. That's why I never really considered college as an option mm. because I was just curious. Like, I just want to get out of here and make money. I just want to get a job, right. make money and, and right. buy a new car and, and this and that and go out with my friends. And I saw so many of my friends did the same thing. And now, you know, they, they maybe they're, maybe some are happy, some are not so happy. You know, some, their body's breaking down because they took all these physical jobs where they really just have to beat themselves up to make right, money. Right. And some of them not think like, man, like I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done this differently. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough choice to make when you're 18 or 19. Big time, man. So, I mean, and so then you were um, doing that whole thing. You were traveling, but I forgot to mention one thing I, I think is cool, man. You, you're you a big like lover of the outdoors, right? Luis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So how'd you get into that? Because, you know, we're you, when you came to Sacramento, you're in the city now, right? So we don't kind of have that. I mean, we are the gateway to this, but... Like, how'd you get into, like, you're right, I know you were traveling. How'd you get into this whole, like, I'm going to go outdoors and, like, hike and camp out there in the remote areas? Like, how'd you do all that? Yeah, I, you know what? Honestly, I don't know where that came from because I don't have anybody in my immediate surroundings. That's what I'm asking. I know your family. I'm like, I don't think anyone else is hiking. No, no. <laughs> and, you know, in the beginning, now, now they're kind of used to it. But in the beginning, they all looked at me weird. Like, why are you going to go sleep in the woods, right? <laughs> But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I just went on a couple of hikes. I, I searched out a couple of hikes near Sacramento, kind of to the, the Bay Area. And I just really liked it. And I found myself just searching out more things. And then that, that led to other things, but you know, kayaking and doing all this stuff. Yeah, man. A little bit of climbing here and there. Um, it was just once I, I got a taste of it, I couldn't get enough. And I don't do it as much as I used to. But uh, yeah, like I, I have to do at least a couple camping tricks a year. Or like I just need that. Or I just don't. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to feel that joy. Like, right. It's kind of like a reset. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but we're in a great place for it. Sacramento, it, we're close to so many different things. Heck yeah! And like, you don't realize how. Like, I, I'm trying to tell my students that right now. We're talking about California. Like, we spend a lot of time trying to teach other places. I'm like, you know what? We could learn so much about our state. So hold on, because a lot of kids don't know yeah. uh, many, very many places in California, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. dude, there's a lot of things here. You don't have to oh, leave. Man. This is why. Yeah, we can, go, we can go on this if you want, but this is why like everybody wants to be here now. Right now, there's this whole movement like they want to leave California, but yeah. that's all social media. But I mean, let's be real, man. This is the best state in the United States, like period, like hands down. And obviously, oh, yeah. we might be biased because of our culture, but you know, we feel like we we fit in. We feel like we fit in. Number one, mm-hmm. um, like the food, the people, like just the mix of everybody. I think just makes it a cool place. The weather is number, you know, it's the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like. We don't have to worry about hurricanes. We don't have to worry about tornadoes. You know, like, so other places have some cool weather, but they have some seasons where it's like, nah, right? You know, so kind of tell me what you think, man. Like, you, do you think that it's, it's still a place that people want to be at? Or are you, you're kind of buying into that social media thing? 
No, I, I think California is always, people are always going to want to be here. Yeah. Um, and when I first realized it, when I was traveling, and I would tell people, they would ask, oh, where are you from? Yeah, you, you, tell you say, oh, you know, the U.S. And they're like, okay, what part of California? And they they lose their mind. Yeah. They love it. Sushi and surfing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, maybe they have an idea, like, oh, you're walking down, you're going to see Brad Pitt or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, oh, you're going to see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is not the case, but, you know, not, not that long ago, I was in Napa, right? I was wine tasting, I was talking to the, the sommelier. And we're saying, you know, we're lucky to be here. We have everything, like all this great everything, things Everything, man. And he actually said something that really stuck with me. He's like, we're not lucky because we pay for it. But it's worth it, right? Because we have top of the, you know, the top wine region. Maybe, you know, obviously there's Bordeaux in France and other places. Right, right. But let's see. First of all, yeah, in the Western the Hemisphere. Right? Yes, for yeah. sure. Yes. So we have Napa an hour away. People come from all over the world to go to Napa. And exactly. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. We have the Bay Area not too far. Right. We have Tahoe, which people love Tahoe, right? People come from all over the world to snowboard and all right. that. And, right. and it's, it's just... Just we, the, we yeah, just the amount... Yeah, Sacramento number one has that actually, you said, Northern California, we have the Bay Area two hours... Like, Everything's within one or two hours away. Yeah. Now, you want to go to SoCal, then obviously a couple more hours. But then when you get there, it's just endless over there, too. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. they have the weather, they have the beach, and they have the city. You know? So, like, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not leaving this place either. Like, California is the best. You know what I mean? There's a reason why the United States wanted this state. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at the time, it wasn't like this. Oh, yeah. Let's not say that. But there's a, you know, there is, whether that was good luck or not, but this place makes the United States a better place for sure. When you go to... Other places, like you said, when I go to Europe or I go to Mexico and they ask where you're from, you always say California. You, you always rep, you say Cali because they're like, okay, I feel you. Yeah. And right away they're like, oh, okay. And then you're like, yep. Because if you say something else, like you just say USA, they're kind of like, well, you could be from anywhere. You know what I mean? But, and then most guys will start saying stuff like LA. They start naming you cities. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And, you know and I mean? to narrow it down, right? Because everybody that grows up in Sacramento thinks that they're going to move to LA at some point. Right, or they, they all, we yeah. all talk about. Uh, shout out to Diego. Diego. Yeah, shout out to Diego. Right, <laughs> yeah, hundred bucks, Diego. Hundred bucks, Diego. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but anyways, uh, now Sacramento's growing. Sacramento has a lot, and then now with like the whole food movement as well. There's a there's a whole culture here. There's great restaurants opening up all the time now here. Yeah, um, and we're close to everything. We have we're an hour away from Auburn and and Truckee, which are like great nature spots if you want right. that. You're not too far from these major right. cities. Uh, but Sacramento itself has a culture now, and we didn't appreciate that growing up. No, no, and I, I think you just said it, I get, I get offended when people say this, and I know people that do that. They're like, man, I can't find anywhere good to eat here in Sac. Like they're from somewhere else, and it's yeah. like, okay, bro, time out. First of all, you live here, like you moved yeah. here, and this is where I put my California flag on, right? It's like, okay, bro, stop with that. You know what I mean? Like, and you get that with this whole like people from SoCal come to Sac or, or whatever it may be. And then right away, they're going to go, I can't find anywhere good to eat. There's nothing to do here. I'm like, what are you doing here, man? You know what I mean? Like, hey. They go to the same restaurant. Yeah, it's like, I can't ever find any good Mexican food. I'm like, okay, then you definitely are going anywhere because I see Mexican food every corner, bro. And then there's more than that. You know, there's everything. And it's funny you brought that up, too, because just last night with my girlfriend, we were looking at, like, restaurants. I don't know what led us down that route, but there's more Michelin star restaurants in Sacramento than in Napa. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either, which I thought surprised. Because I don't shop at Michelin restaurants. Right. Until I, this podcast <laughs> blows up. But right, there we go, run away. <laughs> but uh yeah, obviously Sacramento's a little bigger. But it, I think if you just walk to the random person in the street and, and ask them like, Oh, you think Sacramento has Michelin star restaurants, they 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 would probably say no. Right. Because it just kinda we're unaware of that. But there's so much going on that there's different aspects of Sacramento that we just don't even realize that, that we're kinda unaware because 
you know, we're, we grew up in the Thomas area, so like that, we kind of stay local. Yeah, you stay where you're at. But uh, no, this, this city has, has an underrated culture that, that people just don't really get to realize. And it just keeps growing, man. There's like building houses every second, man. It's, we're not going to... We're, we're going to be the next like mini Bay Area for sure. Like we know, you know, the, you know, it's, it's a, it comes with problems, right? The housing crisis is, is we're, we're going to have issues like that, which we are going to have that we already do with rent and all that. But we are going to be like a little mini Bay Area because, you know, there's only so much the Bay Area can do now. They're, they're too crowded. There's no room. Yeah. But here, if someone wants a new home, they can just look this way, you know, and there's obviously they might stop on the way. They might get in Fairfield. They might go to Vallejo or Vacaville on the way here. But most people end up coming here first, and then you see houses. Every, I mean, we're just gonna keep growing. I just don't know how we're gonna stop. There's so much space still, you know, which oh, yeah. makes me sad because we're gonna lose our like our crop land. It's gonna change. I don't like that, you know. I don't like that part, but we had to, you know, it's, it's not our choice. I don't know the land, you know. But when you drive by, I liked seeing that Sack had, you know, has farmland, and then there's houses or, or like a, a yeah. skyscraper. You know what I mean? Like quote unquote mini skyscraper. Like you go there. But they're gonna get rid of that, you know. It's gonna be all houses. You're gonna be like, oh, you know, it's yeah. gonna be a little Bay Area for sure. Yeah, it's definitely gonna change, and, and you know, it's gonna be growing pains along with that. But uh, I, I just really hope that we kind of keep the culture because we're we're always been, even though we're you know we get make fun of Cowtown and things like that. Yeah, there's no cows. There's, yeah, I don't think there's a single cow in the county. I mean, exactly. Maybe like if you go towards you know what Rillinda or El Grove, you know, because that's still mm-hmm. Sac County. But there's really not that many. Why do you call this cow town? Yeah, yeah. You don't have any cows. I have no idea. But I love that, that we take the cowbell and we made it our thing, right? Yeah. So Phil it's, Jackson. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a culture. So I hope that as it continues to develop and grow, that they, that culture grows along with it. Kind of the underdog, right? Like, sack yeah. that underdog, like, sports culture. You know, we, know, we never won anything yet. And so we kind of, like, always like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, and the We got robbed, yeah. So when the big cities come here, we're like, okay, this is our chance to play against an L.A., you know yeah. what I mean? A New York, like... Yeah. The Knicks come to Sacramento, and it's like it's a big deal. Like, you know, and I like you said, I hope we don't lose that, and I don't think we will. You know, with with MLS coming, like we're not gonna. It's gonna get even bigger because MLS brings stars on a, on the world stage. You know, they're gonna be soccer stars that come from other teams. They're gonna come to Sac to play. You're gonna see them on J Street. You know, having dinner. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and uh, let's face it. You know, San Francisco is gonna be there, so we're always gonna kind of kind of be in their shadow. Of yeah. That. But that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, I don't I don't want to be in the spotlight. I no. just kind of want to enjoy what we no. have here. No. I mean, we don't want their rent either. We don't want yeah. their Yeah, they could keep uh, that. They, yeah, we don't want those problems. We could, be, we could be under them on the rent thing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, man, what? Let's we'll wrap this up pretty soon. But what what did uh, what have you learned from this whole COVID situation, man? This whole stay-at-home orders. I know it affects everyone differently. What have you learned from this? What do you take from this, man? Uh, Just how fragile our, our ecosystem that we have built, right? Because... We kind of took ourselves out of nature um, because we manipulate our surroundings. But nature's still out there, right? So the virus and stuff like that, it's all part of it. So I think that we really need to, now with like global warming and stuff like that, I don't know how people may feel about that or, or you know, kind of what, what side they fall on. But uh, things are going to be happening, things are going to be changing. And we have to realize that we're part of this ecosystem, whether we want to or not. Right. And uh, we got to take some responsibility for it or we're going to suffer the repercussions. So Yeah, man. You started seeing, like you said, how fragile, man. Like everything just changed so quick. And now we're like kind of used to it. Now we're seven months in or whatever it may be. But it's like, you know, and we, so we're so into it now that we don't even see other things like opening up. Like we're kind of used to, oh, that's never going to open up again. Like, yes, it is. Like we're going to go back to school. Yeah. We're going to go back to the movie theaters. Like I know, you know, like we know like, oh, I don't need to. I'm like, no, we will. Like, yeah. We will go back to the mall. Like, we just have to wait for this stuff to go back. So, like, I mean, did that affect your work in any way? Or did it affect anything you were doing? Kind of stopped you or to change anything or no? Not really. Um, luckily, my, my work still kind of proceeded. Usually, we, we were affected a bit. But, uh, yeah, not, not too bad. 
just kind of my social life, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah I probably had a, a very active social life, which I still do. I mean, it's a little different now, but it actually kind of gave me the opportunity to just kind of settle down, reevaluate things, focus on the things that I would need to get done, and, yeah. and kind of set those priorities, and then just kind of stick to those. Yeah, man, I think, like, this whole, like, stay home, like you said, it, like, you worked, you know, because you're in the solar, right, the solar industry, right, yeah, solar. so you, you get to, like, go outside and work, so it didn't really stop you, but, you know, us people that work inside, is like, oh, go home, and it's like, at first it was kind of like, okay, this is different, but now you're like, man, this is, like, getting to be the same thing, like, yeah. because you don't get that separation from work and home, you know, and I feel like a lot of people who work at home, they might be used to it, but other people who weren't, like, I don't know, man, it, it's, it's, it, it's tough because you're like, I got stuff to do, but I don't want to do it right now. I want to like yeah. enjoy something at home. Maybe like, I don't know, watch TV, whatever it may be, do something separate. But then you're like, but I could be doing work. You know what I mean? So you kind of work more. I think you work more because you're at home, like because your computer is still there and you're like, I can still do work. But when you're at a physical place and you leave work, like you have that separation. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm done for the day. Like, I don't care what's going on at work anymore. It's four o'clock or five. I'm done. And I feel like people are not having that separation it's gonna mess with some people man i think people are getting affected by this for sure mentally oh yeah yeah you can see it especially in the, in the younger generations right where like now they don't get to go to school schools at home they don't really get to go out as much yeah the uh, parks were closed and stuff yeah. like come on man so yeah it, it's gonna be really interesting and being in the psychology field it's gonna be really interesting to see how that's gonna manifest going forward yeah uh because this, it's gonna be you know you don't have the social interactions and that's a big part of growing up so it's gonna be really interesting to see that, uh, and like, but we're gonna to have to adjust. I mean, we're very we, malleable, so we're gonna hopefully we can figure it out. And yeah, we're gonna to have to adjust. And I think like, just like those businesses have adjusted, or we see things closing, like everything's gonna just it'll come back, man. I think we're gonna be okay in like I don't know. Hope, I'm hoping half a year. I kept saying it was like a two week problem, but yeah. man, we are <laughs> seven months going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not gonna last forever. I'm, I'm very positive that things will get better uh, soon. But uh, it, it just depends, like you said, it, it depends on, on what people want to take from this experience. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think people are definitely learning things, right? Like they're starting to do some stuff at home or yeah. I don't know, hopefully they picked up a project. I know Sunny was like picking up woodwork and like yeah. other people were like, I mean, I started a podcast on this. So that's always going to be later on down my down my life. You know, this is not here anymore and the podcast isn't going. I'm always gonna be like, I remember I started a podcast during the COVID, you know, yeah. or if it does blow up, they're going to ask me, when did you get started? Like, Man, one day I was... Uh, literally doing nothing during the summer and I needed to do something, so. Yeah, we're, we're definitely living <laughs> to a defining moment in our culture and our time. Yeah, I mean, it could be like the time people say like World War II, whatever it may be, like a certain point where you always go back to. Yeah. This is definitely one of those eras, for sure. We, I don't All think right. we have one before this, like, I mean, 20 years back or something, you know, because you can go, oh, I guess you could say 9-11 changed, changed the way we live, yeah. so that's, you know, what, 19 years ago? But this is going to be, uh, you know, and, and that, that news went around worldwide, right? right? And, and but that didn't affect everyone worldwide. Right, so this is going to be the whole world right. got affected by, you know, to one degree or another. So it's going to be a, like, it's going to be a, a cultural change for the whole race. Yeah, the whole human race. I mean, like, yeah, it's definitely going to be, like you said, a world-defining moment. Like, it's like, okay, remember what, where you were during COVID? How did yeah. you deal with that? It's going to be, hopefully, in the history books, you know, they update a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for the yeah. kids. Yeah, we're, we're gonna be dissecting everything that science psychology everyone can take something from this you know what i mean this is yeah. this is a lot so anyway Luis, let's talk about something real quick that kind of comes up a lot is like the healthy lifestyle man how do you like how do you think people could achieve that because I, I think i mean i think you're pretty healthy uh i mean you look healthy <laughs> we, we're healthy right now so like we kind of talk about it a lot off of, off the you know off the air but right now that we're on this like let's talk about this real quick because um 
I've always bounced back to you because I think you've stayed healthy for right. the for the most part. When I say healthy, I mean like you you're more in shape for the last ten years or so. And I think I definitely like left that for like seven years of my life. Yeah. So how do you I don't know, how do you think people can achieve that healthy lifestyle, man? Well the main thing for me is that uh, I like to stay active. I like to do things. So that kinda keeps me, you know, I don't deviate too much more because I I just like to be active. Um uh, but I think it's easy to kind of fall off. Uh, I know it's happened to me before. And, and you kind of just get caught up in the cycle and, and you just do this routine and, and you don't pay attention to it. And then next thing you know, you gain 10 pounds, you gain 15 pounds, and you, you're not even aware of it. Uh, so I, I think that the most important thing is just to get out there and do it. You just have to do it. And you can get caught up in figuring out, oh, what's the best workout plan? What's the best diet? And you're never going to do anything because you're doing too much research. You're trying to week this or that right. but just get out there and, and just start doing things just either run go to the gym and you'll figure it out as you go and i and i think it's like what sunny was saying in the episode uh 18 was uh analysis paralysis yeah so like when you start a business i mean you probably know because it's like psychology stuff but when you start a business people think of like all these things that could happen okay oh, i could do this. Yeah. so much research yeah. but not enough action yeah. you know what i mean and i feel like that could be with anything we do right but definitely with like getting healthy or staying healthy is like too much research. You're, people are yeah. always Googling like, how do I lose weight quick? How do I lose, you know, it's like whatever. And it's like... Well, like how many diets are out there now? <laughs> the watermelon diet? Yeah, like <laughs> everything. So then like, yeah, then you get into all these things and I feel like, like you were just saying, I think it's also you have to be consistent and you got to keep doing it. Like yeah. one thing is like, I'm going to work out for this month to get ready for this event or whatever if you're doing something. Yeah. But I know, and I know you've, you've done some of those events, but like, you know, obviously like, with the bad news that the marathon was canceled, right? Yep. Um, you know, it bummed me out, bro, because I was running a lot. I was getting to the point it was like six miles a day, like maybe four times a week. You know, I was probably getting two, 20 to 30 miles a week, which was probably a bad idea to start off, and that's what injured myself a couple times. But now I'm bummed out because it's canceled, right? The CIM yeah. is canceled. And, like, I mean, and obviously we have the credit to go next year. But it's like, man, I got to start all over again, you know what I mean? Because I'm not going to physically run – all those miles again, like I'm not gonna start. What I wanna say is I don't wanna keep that up right now. I'm not gonna keep running 10 miles a day to get ready for a race that's next year because I know that's gonna break me down too mm -hmm. much. You know what I mean? So, like, how did you find that passion to like continue to stay healthy or work out? What did you do? Like, what did you? Is it just like something you? Is it easier to stay healthy than to get healthy? Right? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, I think there is, but I think you have to remember that you're always gonna have setbacks, either through injury or you get too busy or things like that, and you just gotta pick up the momentum. Right. I, you're always going to start slow, right? So, But you just got to keep going, and the more you go, the, the, it's going to pick up and go a little faster, and you do a little, little more things. Right. You start working out once a week. Now you're doing twice a week, three right. times a week, and you just keep going. Right. So once you get the momentum going, it's easier to keep it going. But there's going to be a setback. Maybe you know you start partying for a week, and you forget to work out, or, or you get sick, or whatever whatever the reason may be. You know, you have a, you get a girlfriend. And then you get the whole... It's too social. Yeah, too, yeah. Too, too, like, too relaxed. That's always going right, to happen. Right. And, but it's like, okay, now you know, all right, this is what I have to do. I got to start going to the gym again. I got to start running again. Right. And you just kind of know the steps. And then, you know, it's it's a little hard in the beginning. But once you get the momentum going, it just kind of goes by itself. And I feel like, uh, I don't know, I, man, that, that's one of the regrets. It's like, what, what, from 17, 18, 19 to being the best shape of your life, yeah. of me, I'm talking about myself. And then, like, all of a sudden, you're 30. Like, bro, what happened? And you're like, what was I doing? Like, but you get too comfortable. And you let life kind of dictate what you're doing. And you're like, and, and there's, like, something in your head that tells you, right? It's like, let's not do anything today. Like, yeah. something in your head tells you, don't do anything today. 
And like all day you're fighting it. Like, no, bro, I got to go. It's 5.30 the gym. You know, I got to go this. I got to go to work, whatever. And I feel like people get stuck in that where it's like, you know, they're always trying to do a quick fix now, right? People are like, like you said, the, the diets. The diets are number one. Like, I'm going to Google how to lose weight or I'm going to take this supplement or, you know. Do you take any vitamins like that or you just kind of go? Uh, no, I don't take, I hardly take any vitamins. Right? Right. I don't do any supplements, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I try to get whatever I can from my diet. Uh, and I don't have a strict diet. I just try to make better choices. But Once I mean, in a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You try to be like, okay, like, you know, I ate pasta this morning. So maybe now let me have a salad tonight. Right. You know, you, you try to balance it out, things like that. So you that. don't have, like, tacos de del pastor every day. Uh, every other day. <laughs> every other day. <laughs> <laughs> the solero. Yeah. So when you're traveling, though, isn't it hard when you travel, like, to, to stay active? And I know, oh, for sure, Right? Because yeah. when yeah. you travel, like, you're off on the, on the schedule, and then, like, you see the food, like, and you're like, okay, I got to eat that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, so, and you should have that. You, yeah. you definitely, like, have those experiences. It's just like, okay, now you went to that. Now when you get back, all right, let's get back at it again. Let's put in the work, and let's get to where we were before that, or even better. But, so, uh, yeah. And, and so... Like with this whole like quarantine, so I already started working out at home and stuff like that. But then I think it got to the point now that like I'm over that man. Like I'm done doing dumbbells in my house. Like it was cool for that short period. Like yeah, between, like because the gym was fun, right? You have something to do, and then the gym closed, and you know we're all at home and like okay, I'm gonna do these workouts. Like get the bands and get the dumbbells, and you're like yeah. after a while like this this is not this is like I don't know if I don't see the drive to do it maybe because people don't see you anyway, so you're not going to public like that. And then number two is like you're bored of the same workouts. You can only yeah. do so many things, right? And like. I don't know, man. I don't know how you feel about that, but like, I thought it, I got kind of s- got away from lifting weights for like three, four months. Well, the, uh, for me, the, the the biggest aspect about the gym that I miss is that it's an area where you're there to do a certain Get thing. Get some right? work done, yeah. Yeah. So once it's like when you go to work, yeah. you show up to work, you it's, click, you know, you flip that switch, like I'm here to work. Yes, when you go to the gym, like I'm here to work out, right? You know, and I can socialize and do this and that, but ultimately the reason why I'm here is to work out. So if you know it's happened to me a couple of times when I get to the gym and I'm tired or whatever and then I, I leave, I don't really do much, I go home. I always feel bad. I'm like, man, like I was I was there, I went for a reason and I didn't accomplish you it. You didn't push yourself to Yeah, that. so I always kinda of feel guilty. Uh, so I think that's the importance of having like that the area where you know it's there for a certain purpose. It's a workplace, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel it's easier to work out for something when you have a goal in mind? Because like and the reason I asked this is because, like, with the marathon, mm-hmm. that wasn't something that we just planned, right? It was something that kind of came up with, like, okay, you know, I'm running now. And I only started running. It's like everything, like, happens for some, But it was like a perfect storm of, like, the gym closing, yeah. but I was super active. And, like, okay, now i got to keep up those miles, those calories. And I couldn't do it because we weren't working anymore, right. like, physically. So it's like, okay, the only way to burn that many calories, I have to go and run. Yeah. And so, and then, and then we started the competition, right? And we're like, okay, let's, like, compete and, like, you know. Which I missed that because actually it was cool seeing everybody kind of do some miles. Yep. But you feel like it's easier to, for someone to work out if they have a, like a goal, like maybe a marathon or some kind of event or do you think that, you know, because... I think so. I, I think it's important to have a goal um, and also have smaller goals in between, right? Like either get, get a, a better PR or, or things like that because if you set up one big goal and it's five months away, it's kind of easy to get this hardened and be like, oh, that's... Mm. Or, you know, or I'm away for months and then the last month I'm going to try to ramp it up. Like me, yeah. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's happened to me many times. And, and like like you said, injuries come from that because you push yourself too hard. So I think it is good to, to have a main goal, like a big goal, and then have a bunch of little goals in between because that, that keeps you motivated. It keeps you going. Yeah, man. And I know you, right now you're wearing this like Arsenal jersey, which, you know, I'm also an Arsenal fan, not as big as you because I don't follow the EPL like that. But 
you know, kind of tell me, man, because I know you like soccer, right? We're, we're soccer yeah. people. And I always had, like, this negative attitude towards working out after my soccer career was over. Like, I was always like, well, soccer kept me sh- in shape, right? right? And I don't know why, but it was like going to the gym wasn't a thing that I liked. And I was like, this is not fun, you know? And, like, I don't know. Like, how did you transition from, like, okay, I'm not playing soccer anymore, but now I still want to work out? Like, how did you make that transition? Because to me, it was really hard to just not yeah. have a purpose of why I'm working out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I went through that a little bit as well, where before the workouts were to kind of implement them in the field, right? And to have so, fun with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because so you went through the hard work so that they'll pay off later on, right, when you wanted them to. Uh, and now, you know, we, we don't play as much or, or you don't play at all in your case. But uh, I think at one point, just going to the gym, it kind of became the, the competitiveness with myself in my mind, right? Like today, I can only bench this. All right, I want to push that. I want, I want to, I want to get to a point where I can bench more, and it just kind of that. Like, instead of competing with other people, I started competing with myself. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Yeah, and uh, I kind of turned it inwards, but you know, a healthy competition. Yeah, not push myself to the point where my body's breaking down. No, no, no. Like maybe I've done in the past. Right. So Me too. yeah, just that, like setting setting goals and just being like, okay, I want to. Here's where I am now. I want to see improvement. So here's where I want to get. And then just doing the things to get there. And do you see the change now, like with the new generation of like, let's just talk, let's, let's stick on the little soccer thing for a second. It's not a soccer podcast, but you see like the kids now or like you have the, the, the access they have to workouts, like as far as like the education they have on like how to do different workouts or different equipment they could use or even the gym. Like we didn't have that growing up. Right. Like it was like, it wasn't a thing that kids go to the gym, you know, and it was, definitely wasn't a thing that kids were trained. You know, so now I was like, man, imagine if I was able to like train like I do now as a kid. Like, I don't know, man, where where I'd be. We we wouldn't even stretch. I wouldn't be podcasting right now for sure. Yeah, we we wouldn't even stretch before (laughs) a game. Now now you kind of you're more aware, but there's more information out there. There's everything. Yeah, and and you have coaches and trainers more aware, and then they push that down. And they're specific. They like yeah, like agility coaches or like strength, and you're like, you know, and like when we just played soccer. It was just like your little one-hour practice. Yeah. And I don't remember doing really that much fitness because you don't want to waste too much time running around. You wanted to play. You know what I mean? So, man, that's... I don't know, man. I, I, I guess I, what I'm trying to say is I think all, all everything's evolving, and especially sports, you know, and working out. Like, all the sports we're talking about, like, anything. It could be even marathoners, whatever it may be. Like, they're just... It's just evolving to science. Like you said, psychology's evolving, but science in general, right? Everything is yeah. just evolving where it's like, hey, you know... Um, if you do this, you'll be better at this. Now, even with a diet, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, like, the frame of a soccer player has changed now, right? They're more built now, right? It's okay to be, like, more muscular, right? And before, like, you would see, like, yeah. like a lot of thinner guys, you know what I mean? Not, not a lot of muscle definition. And, like, I don't know, man. I, like, I look back, I'm like, man, if I could just be 17 again, you know what I mean? Like, ready to roll. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Lifting. There, there wasn't as much emphasis before. Before, no. you, just, you just had to run. You just had to have stamina for days. Right. And that was it. But now... You know, you see a guy that has the stamina and also has the strength. So now he has an advantage in other people. And, you know, like you said, the, the sport involves... What's the cat from the Wolves? What's his name? Oh, uh, Adama Troyer. Come on, yeah. bro. Uh, like, that's, that, that's a, a middle linebacker. Well, yeah, well, even like Bayern Munich now, like other guys, you can tell they're in the weight room every day. Right. Like, you see like in these... In Europe, like, and I'm pretty sure hopefully they're doing it around here, but in Europe, like, they got the weight rooms, like you said, mm-hmm. they got the bands. Like, they're working out all day long. Yeah. And so, like, they're, like, they're really putting emphasis on, on fitness and, like, health, you know what I mean? Like, and that's going to make you 
prevent injuries, right, yeah. and all the other stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Injury is a big one. And to kind of take to another sport, you know, boxing, that was big in boxing, and I did a little bit growing up. But it was you wouldn't touch weights because weights were gonna slow you down. That's what they said, right? That's what they said. And now you're gonna lose like, your elasticity, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you're gonna lose your speed and all that. And now they're like, oh no, you gotta do some weights. Supposed to weights, yeah. Yeah, because you're gonna get more strength, you're gonna get more power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's gonna prevent injuries. It's just kind of just it's just a more all around package. Uh, but I think it all comes down to information and knowledge. Like it just wasn't out there like that, like it is now. And with social media. With the internet, you have access to all this knowledge that we didn't before. No, that's the... With social media and the internet, if you use it to a positive, like we just said, the positive thing, like, you can use it for all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Like, for good things, not just, oh, yeah. like, banter and propaganda and, like, you know, a bunch of fake fake stuff that people are sending around. But I think yeah. it's, like, it's good to be able to, like, research things or... Like, when I was coaching, you know, when I was younger, I was always YouTubing practice sessions mm-hmm. from like coaches that posted like they're in brazil yeah and i'm like writing down what they did and i'm like okay i like that oh, yeah. where would i ever be able to like oversee a brazilian coach and their training session never no. right but now with the, with the access to that it's like and now there's way more but yeah. when i was doing this it's like early 2000s you know um and i'm over there like writing down little drills that i liked and how i could change them for myself and i even try to find them now and i really can't find them anymore and i'm like bummed out because i'm like that coach knew what's up you know yeah. so it's like a library of things, man. It's, 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 if you use it for the for the right thing, man, it's, it's good. It's a good, you know, good thing, especially for for science or like you said, working out or information, right? Like the internet, man, that's crazy. So speaking of psychology, real quick, it just came to my mind. I know you want to do psychology. Have you ever thought of like going into sports psychology, or you want to only just kind of stick to? I thought about it. I um, I haven't really looked into it too much. I'm not sure exactly what. Um, I mean, you probably have to get the PhD for sure. What it entails? Yeah, I'm sure it is, but. Basically, for me, what, what I want to do with psychology is try to have a, the biggest impact that I can within right. a certain community. Um, so that's kind of my goal, just something that I love sports, but I kind of want to do something away from that, something that maybe fulfills me in a different way. Okay, that makes sense. No, I just thought about that right now because like, when we're talking about like how these sports teams have like fitness, they have also psychologists on staff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like you said, if you want to yeah, impact more people, then yeah, like obviously a school or... Like you're saying with the youth, you know, it's like, I don't know. I think it's going to be your why then. If you already figured out like what you want to do, because obviously that's not a, a million dollar industry. You know, you're going right. to be, you Anyway, man, I appreciate working. your time. Um, it's always great. We could probably go for hours and I'm going to have, have you back on here pretty soon, man. So, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate everyone listening today uh, to the podcast and make sure you share this link to family and friends. Check us out at Educadence on Instagram. All the links are there in the bio. And uh, like I said, appreciate all my fans who uh, sent me things through the Amazon wish list. Uh, I got a couple items already, microphone and different things. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Go Pacers. Go Pacers.